0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back into Letterman Row, and welcome to an NFL Draft preview presented by Buyers Auto. That's the 40-year vet Tim May on your screen. That's Andy Backstrom. Uh, Fellas, a lot to get to uh, as we're just one day away from the NFL Draft. C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith & Jigba, Paris Johnson should all hear their name called one day from now. Uh, Beyond that, we'll see where these other guys go, but it's not going to be – a record-setting first round for Ohio State, but it's going to be a very impressive first round for the Ohio State offense. I'm sure a lot of Ohio State fans would love for it to be an impressive first round for the defense at some point in the next few years, considering we haven't had one of those in a while now. Uh, But nonetheless, Ohio State will be able to sell a lot of recruits on what happens Thursday night uh, in Kansas City, Tim. I think it's going to be a really good day for the program uh, with those three Uh, presumably being selected what say you
1: yeah i mean bottom line is i as i've told players ad infinitum uh at ohio state you know when it comes to the draft and all the speculation beforehand uh this isn't 32 teams all picking the same guy that you only need one team to to step up and pick you and make you that first round draft pick and i think all Three of those guys are poised, and maybe Dewan Jones steps in there. Who knows, you know, late in this round. I mean, Kansas City revamping its offense, et cetera. He seems like a perfect fit for them, for example. But uh, but the bottom line is I, I see it as uh, – we're going to get into this, I'm sure, but the, the disinformation campaign that, it started, that started about a couple of weeks ago about C.J. Stroud is just numbing because we've all seen this before seen it a couple of times actually before uh, and then of course uh Jackson Smith and and Jigba is sort of the enigma of this first round because you know some people seem to be shying away a little bit now you know at least in their talk now we're getting this third hand from sources among teams Et etc so we'll see how it goes uh Paris Johnson Jr at one time seemed to be a lot for the Chicago Bears maybe and uh and he seemed to be a lot for the uh Tennessee Titans We'll see if that holds up, you know, where, where he ends up going. But I think all three of those guys will go in the first half of the first round. Andy?
2: The draft discourse is always interesting because they find one thing and they cling to it for months and months, or even, in this case, weeks for C.J. Stroud. But even yeah. with Jackson, before this all went down, of course, before he got back to the field, it was, is he going to be healthy? What's that hamstring like? Can he actually perform based off of one year of real production? But it seems like he hurdled all of that. So it's really when this comes – at the right time or the wrong time. For Jackson, it was almost like the right time because he was able to get back, do his combine, do his pro day. Now, no one's really talking about it as much, whereas CJ kind of comes at the wrong time. And I think he'll still go top five. Like, I still think he could be the second quarterback off the board. But it is unfortunate that this all comes about right now, just two weeks before the draft occurred, really. So it's just – it makes you angry when, when you know the guy and you've been in the building with him. And you also know what people say about him in the building. I mean, it just none of it lines up with any of the rumors that are going just on. Just like with
1: Justin Fields. Just like with Justin Fields. You know, last man in, first man out. That was so BS. It was crazy, you know. It just, it's a disinformation campaign. I didn't mean to interrupt, uh, but that's what I do. You know that's
0: yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that it's back-to-back Ohio State quarterbacks that does is happening, too. Nobody's got any questions about Anthony Richardson, despite the fact that he couldn't throw the yeah, football. Yeah, isn't that nuts? <laughs> Nobody apparently has any questions about Will Levis, despite the fact that he can't throw the football and was terrible against good competition.
1: But he went to the Peyton camp. Go ahead now.
0: Yeah, I mean, but, you know, if you kiss the toes of the of the Mannings, then I guess you're, you're good to go for the NFL. I don't know, what would C.J. Stroud have learned at the Manning camp? Maybe how to be mobile, because the Mannings were known for that, I know uh but like
1: Archie was
0: what well I don't think Archie can run anymore like like they want but it's just interesting to me that all of these things finally come out and for Brady Quinn of all people who really does have a a good uh rapport with with Ohio State and the program being on Fox and being with Urban Meyer you know for him to say something like that and, and I will call him out because you know he doesn't watch the show first of all and second of all it was just stupid and so, you know, it's pretty Yeah, bizarre. but
1: he went back and corrected he went back and corrected that and if you go back and uh, you know really look at what he said, you know, he was basically parroting someone else but then number 2, it was a, it was it was a a partial part of what he was talking about taken out of context. I agree with him on that. That's the point. Is you get these little nuggets and all of a sudden they become the gospel, you know what I mean? It's like the New Testament when it comes to uh football players and uh and it's and it's it's kind of nuts the way it, the way it all filters out and becomes Disinformation becomes information, and then you spend all this time refuting the disinformation. It's just a—it's like being in a washing machine on spin cycle. I mean, bottom line is, I wrote this story. I recycled it uh, uh, during uh, last week about the way C.J. Stroud dissected defenses. You know what I mean? And uh, and just how people were raving about him, especially after that Rose Bowl and stuff. And he only got better at that this this past season in my in my Uh, uh, estimation and so all you know the s2 test whoever even heard of the s2 test until this year you know and uh you know what it is exactly but i mean this guy can play football i mean that's the bottom line and uh can read defenses and you saw where one guy said uh he didn't take coaching and then you saw where another guy said he thought he was overcoached hey settle on something man and stand there you know first base second base you know yeah. I mean, picked the, off.
0: The interesting thing about that S2 test, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because this isn't a CJ Stroud defense show because he doesn't need to be defended. He's really good. That's all we need to say. Well, at one
1: point, we thought he was going to be the number one guy taken in the draft. So go ahead.
0: But, you know, the S2 founder came on the Pat McAfee show and said, all of these scores are inaccurate. All yeah. of them. So whoever leaked those uh, is maybe the biggest dunce of all of us uh, for leaking wrong scores. Uh, and, you know, just basically calling CJ Stroud stupid. And, oh, you know what? If he is stupid, he's really good at football. So,
1: no, they, they, no, it doesn't say, it doesn't mean he's stupid. It means he can't put, put A, B, and C together quickly, as quickly as, quote, Bryce Young can. You know, when you come to the line, you know, these NFL teams have forever been looking for ways to figure out how quickly a quarterback can assimilate information because that, that's the real, uh, cutting point between playing in the NFL and playing in college is how quickly you understand what's going on in front of you and make the adjustment. And that's what the all this S2 t- test is designed to do is figure out how quickly you can do that. And uh, you know, Tim, I say just turn on the video of, of the Ohio State-Georgia game and make your own assessment.
0: You know what I do, Tim, to figure out if C.J. Stroud can make decisions quickly? Andy, I'm sure you do the same thing. I turn on the tape and I watch him scan defense. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty dumb, Andy. The, the, the whole – Again, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but but it's, it has driven me nuts.
2: Yeah, I mean, as Tim said, the Georgia game is a great example. That was probably the best, at least, interior pass rush he faced all season, maybe all of his career, and he handled that extremely well. And also just making not only the first read, the second read, but the third read and be able to go out of the pocket, make off-platform throws. Everything that people said he wasn't doing, he did yeah. in that game. So I feel like that's evidence enough, especially when everyone talks about Jalen Carter, how he might be the best defensive player. In the draft, there's even plays where he just one-on-one with Jalen Carter, evades him, makes a throw downfield, field. And so I think that game alone for a while was standing up as it should just to show how good C.J. Stroud is. But it seems like in the last week or two, people have kind of forgotten about that a little bit.
0: So yeah, we're going to go one by one. Each of us are going to pick one guy who, who we just think is going to be just a home run in this NFL draft. Somebody's going to get just an absolute stud. I'm going to go for what if you, what
1: if you get to me and all this stuff is a guy that hits doubles. What happens then?
0: Well, figure it out, Tim. You've been doing okay. it for 40 years. You'll be all right. I'm going to go first because I'm just going to end the CJ Stroud discussion of this show. And I'm going to say CJ Stroud. And here's why it's not because I think he's just immaculate at football. I think that Houston's going to make a huge mistake and pass on him. I think yeah. I don't, I don't think Arizona needs a quarterback considering it just paid uh little Kyler Murray way too much money. Sorry, Andy. Uh, and so I think C.J. Stroud's going to end up in Indianapolis, and I think it's going to be the absolute perfect scenario for him. You've got Michael Pittman. You've got Alec Pierce. You've got Jonathan Taylor. You've got an offensive line that that they know how to build. They just built one a few years ago that was really good. You've got a defense that's got some really good players on it. If C.J. Stroud ends up number four to Indianapolis, I think it's the best possible position for him to be in, and I think it will be a massive blessing for him not to go to the dumpster fire that is the Texans' organization. And I think he's going to do really well there. And so if he goes four to Indianapolis or five to Seattle or seven to Las Vegas, I still think he's in a much better position than if he goes two to Houston. So I'm going to take CJ as this guy is going to be the home run of this. He might be the best Ohio State quarterback in the NFL, uh, better than Justin Fields maybe here in the next couple of years. Uh, Tim, go ahead. You're you're a guy who just is going to be a, a home run here in the NFL draft.
1: I don't know if he actually, I don't know if he's going to be a home run hitter on a on a repeated basis, but he's going to hit doubles and triples is Jackson Smith and Jigba. And uh, I hope I hope uh a- Andy and Crestfallen that I picked him. uh but uh bottom line is this idea of him slipping in the draft. Well, if you slip for like you said, Spence, you said it best if you slip from like fifth, you know, fifth to like fifteenth, who cares? You're still in the first round. And the and the farther you slip, usually or the deeper you slip, the the better off you are from the standpoint of playing with a better team right off the bat. And uh, this guy epitomized this. I talked with Albert Breer about this on my the Tim May Show this week, you know, is that uh, he eviscerates the underneath coverage of, of teams. And that that's not going to change, I don't think, in the National Football League. They're going to figure out ways, you know, to get guys on him one way or the other. But he played against some good coverages in uh, – for Ohio state. And, uh, that underneath slot guy is the guy that does most of the heavy work, the heavy lifting hits the doubles and triples and occasionally hits home runs because he gets favorable coverage a lot. And as Ryan day said, said it best, you know, he hasn't seen him get covered yet. Uh, this guy could get open. And as the old proverbial saying goes, there used to be the thing, these things called phone booths. Now there, everybody has a cell phone, but he could get open in a phone booth and, uh, Jackson Smith Smith and Jigba appears to be back physically, and I think he will hit home runs in the way of doubles and triples uh, on a continual basis for many years to come. Andy?
2: Well, I'll go with the third first-round pick, and that's Paris Johnson, Jr. And, you know, anytime you're drawing comparisons to Orlando Pace, just because, you know, Paris Johnson was the first offensive tackle at Ohio State to be a first-team consensus All-American sense pace, that's a good thing. That's good company to have, and I think – when you're Paris Johnson, it's positional flexibility, too. Not only did he start a full season at left tackle with those great honors, but he also had a full season at right guard as well. And he's someone that even, you know, you can put him anywhere across the line besides center, probably six foot six, three 310 pounds. He's got great footwork. I mean, if you look at all the drills that he did, both the NFL combine and a pro day, he's just extremely quick. At times, he doesn't even look like an offensive lineman. He's almost got this, like, slimmer build, but he's still a big body and you know just the stats back it up everything he's done not allowing he didn't allow a sack through the first 11 games this past year um and i think you know he's just got all the tools to succeed maybe he'll have a little bit of a transition to the nfl if he does start at left tackle just because he only had one season at ohio state there but it won't be long before he's on his way to a long nfl career in my eyes
0: okay fellas it's time to get a little deeper into the draft now we've we've talked the first round we've We've been over all of that. Tim, I'm gonna put you on the spot first. The Ohio State player who's maybe a sleeper in this draft, not as many people were talking about, maybe third, third to seventh round pick, maybe even a second round pick. You just think he's gonna be one of those guys who you look up in eight, nine years and he's had a really healthy career, maybe a couple, you know, uh, you know, Pro Bowl appearances and, and you say, Wow, wow, that guy probably should have been a first round pick.
1: Well, I could name three different guys, but uh the guy who uh I mean, I've been apologized. I even apologized on my show this week. The guy whose name continually falls through the cracks with me, and maybe it's because he had that kind of like college career, but has such an upside, is Zach Harrison. I mean, this guy is a freak when it comes athletically, the size he is, how fast he can run. Uh, you know, his what his standing long jump was, what, 10 feet, 1 inches, or whatever it was we got to watch there. I was stunned when I saw that live at the Ohio State's Pro Day. And uh, so I'm going to say Zach Harrison because his upside, if, if he ever grows totally into his body, I think he's going to be a, quite a, a force to deal with, whether it's on the edge or whatever a pro team ends up doing with him. He kind of reminds me of Mike Vrabel uh, who came out. Mike Vrabel, the Pittsburgh Steelers took him. They didn't know what to do with him. Uh, the New England Patriots grabbed him in a trade or whatever, they knew what to do with him. And suddenly everybody was looking for the next Mike Vrabel. You know, that's the way the, that's the way this draft the draft goes. And uh Zach Harrison is my guy in that regard. Andy.
2: Well, Luke Whipler, um, I feel like a lot of people were surprised when he declared for the NFL draft. People said, well, if he came back for another year, he could have been a top center. I think that the number three center off the board, if that's where he goes, is still something to be proud of. And I don't know, honestly, if he could have improved from that. You never know with injuries, you never know what the draft board's going to look like next year. I think that's where he lands. That's a good spot. That could be probably around third, maybe fourth round for him. And either way, I think that's an accomplishment for a guy that came in. He wasn't as highly touted as some of the other offensive linemen at Ohio State. He's a two-year starter, 26 starts underneath his belt, and really was able to command the offensive line, making calls up front, alerts, and everything that you would like to see from a center. And I just think that when you look at guys, sometimes offensive linemen that don't go in the first round, get a little bit overlooked, but often those are the guys that have careers that go 10, 11, 12 years in the NFL. Maybe it's not with all one team, but they they survive a pretty lengthy NFL career, and I think Luke Wilpler is one of those guys you're going to look up in a decade, and he's still going to be playing football in the NFL.
0: I Maybe I overqualified my own question because, obviously, I said this was going to be something where you look up and this guy's got a couple Pro Bowls, and it's like, why, why wasn't he a first-round pick? I don't think that this is the case with 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 the player I'm about to pick, but I do think that it was a travesty that he wasn't invited to the Combine. I think it was, it was wrong uh, for the NFL to do that. He was better than quite a few players there. Uh, he would have actually worked out at the Combine. There were some guys who just chose not to work out at the Combine. Um, Tanner McAllister had an incredible pro day, uh, was the best athlete at pro day, uh, ran a good time, talked to people at the – I think it was at the the senior bowl or the hula bowl. I can't remember. And and a lot of scouts were like, I'll see you at the combine. And he told me that that he had to look at him in the face and say, no, you won't. I don't, I won't be at the combine. I didn't get the invite. And scouts were stunned that he wasn't there. It's a guy who played four years at Oklahoma state. He played one year at Ohio state, uh, had an impact on both, uh, uh, you know, the best defense in the big 12. And then one of the best defenses this past year in the big 10 has played really high level football against really high level competition, his entire college football career, uh, knows what it's like to compete against the best. It was really impressive, I thought, for Ohio State at times last year. Uh, you know, Got his hands on a few footballs, was good in pass coverage when he needed to be, it's especially in that Wisconsin game where he had the pass breakup. I think he's the one who had the interception. Like, It's a guy who just has a nose for the football. He knows what he's doing in the back end. And if nothing else, I think Tanner McAllister, you'll look up in six or seven years, and he'll still be in the league as a – a special teams guy who can play safety if you need him to, maybe even add some weight and play almost like a, a hybrid role, a rover role in one of these NFL wacky defenses. So I, I just think that Tanner McAllister is being overlooked. I think he was overlooked by the combine invite inviter people. I don't know what they're called, but they, they, they definitely should have included him uh, in the best 300 players in this draft. And I think he's going to prove that he is once he gets to the league, gets his chance to have a special teams role and, and make a roster. I just – I don't see how Tanner McAllister doesn't do that based on the skills that he possesses.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, I've, I've read some evaluations, and I agree with one evaluation I read about He, both he and Ronnie Hickman is that uh, they're best when they're, like, back and, and the field is in front of them, meaning you're not turning and burning with somebody. I thought Tanner McAllister got kind of put in some tough positions this year uh, in that slot. You know, occasionally and things like that, it was like in the Georgia game where he was exposed to a certain extent. But I think a lot of people like him from his savvy standpoint. And if you can, he's one of those guys, if you can put him in the backside and let him have the field in his purview, in his uh, vision, uh he could play maybe a long time. Same thing with Ronnie Hickman. So, but I, you know, Dewan Jones definitely, I said him earlier and I, you know, I'll say it again, he is built for the long haul. If, uh, uh, from a, especially with a lot of these teams going more to a power approach up front. Uh, he's built for the long haul. Dewan Jones is definitely somebody to keep an eye on for sure.
0: you have a second one,
1: Andy?
2: I was just going to add to the, the secondary talk with Tanner. I think, uh, you know, it's interesting to me that it wasn't so long ago that Ohio State had a couple corners going off the board in the first round, and now you got most of these guys later rounds, day three potential picks with Ronnie Hickman, Tanner McAllister, and then even Cameron Brown, who – Either is going to be an undrafted free agent for someone or he could be, you know, a late round flyer. And I think, you know, kind of speaks to what we've been dealing with with this secondary at Ohio State. I think everyone in the program would like to see those guys further up. But it's a chance for these guys to have a prove it opportunity with whatever team they get a chance with. And whether it's a rookie minicamp invite, whether it's a late round pick, they will have an opportunity to prove it and show that, you know, it's not just the Ohio State brand of why they got picked. It's because they have talent. And, and I think they all have that opportunity. I guess another guy to mention that probably won't get drafted, but I'm interested to see if he can land somewhere would be like a a Mitch Rossi, you know, can he find a role? Fullbacks really aren't that prevalent in the NFL now, but Tennessee Titans are a team that, you know, have used a fullback recently. Mike Rabel's head coach has that kind of bravado to him. And, you know, maybe if they trade up and get CJ, they're seeing Mitch Rossi on tape. I don't know. It's another guy. Uh, And then also the defensive tackles we need to mention, too, Teron Vincent and Jeron Cage, other guys that could end up getting somewhere, maybe not drafted, but picked up as undrafted free agents that, you know, they had times where they flashed at Ohio State, and you never know. Sometimes it just takes guys a little bit longer to kick in.
1: Plus plus teams, NFL teams need those kind of guys, especially in camp, man, or in in the OTAs, but especially in camp, to kind of fill out, you know, flesh it out, so to speak, and if they can, like, spark – uh, when they get that shot, yeah, I agree with uh, Andy. Uh, both those guys could could maybe stick.
0: It was it was just inconsistency for Teron Vincent. He'd go out and have one of the yep. best games of his career, and then all of a sudden he disappears for three games. But you know, he reminds me kind of a guy like Benjamin Victor, who didn't get drafted, gets picked up by the Giants, then goes here, and then goes here, and then, goes here and then goes here, and then you look up this past year in 2022, and he's, he's starting for the Ravens because they're thin at wide receiver. And you thought, well, I didn't know he was with the Ravens, and so you know, maybe you got a guy Teron Vincent fits that mold. The guy that I'm gonna go with, I can't believe you left him for me, Andy. Bradley Robinson.
2: Yeah.
0: These well, Ohio yeah. State long snappers. They've always got, you know, Liam McCullough now with the with the uh with the Atlanta Falcons. He's the long snapper in Atlanta now. You have yeah. got, you know, a couple other guys around the league. Jake McQuaid had a had a great NFL career. I'm not sure if he's still there. Maybe he is. Uh but you know the next in line is Bradley Robinson, an older guy just, just coming off that ACL injury. Looked good at Pro Day, uh back on the field working hard. He's a guy who, you, again, you look up in eight or nine years and you think, oh, yeah, Bradley Robinson played at Ohio State and now he's the starting long snapper for, you know, I don't know, the, the Seahawks. How, how crazy is that? So just, you know, you just keep your eye on those kind of guys because he's not, he's definitely not going to get drafted, but uh, it's interesting to, to track where he lands because, uh, I, yeah, I at long snappers, uh, they've got the history.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, and there's a lot of them out there, you know, and they go through them a lot, you know, kind of like kickers to a certain extent. And it's funny how Xavier Johnson, wide receiver, do everything, uh, running back uh, for Ohio State, is now the the spokesman for the Kubota dealership. (laughs) He has succeeded, Bradley Robinson, a tradition like no other.
0: Well, Bradley Robinson, uh, going to land somewhere. I would be willing to assume that. Uh, I would be willing to project him to be in the NFL at this time next year. Uh, But we will see where all of these guys land. Ohio State should have, should have, I think we'll have three guys selected in the first round Thursday. It is just Wednesday, though. This was a full NFL draft preview presented by Byers Auto for the 40-year vet, Tim May. For Andy Backstrom, I am Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to this NFL draft preview. Uh, We'll be talking about it at the Letterman Lounge Message Board all night Thursday as we recap what's going on in the NFL draft. Maybe we'll just have a draft thread to talk about the non-Buckeyes. That should be fun, Andy. Tim will have uh, coverage as the Buckeyes continue through the offseason. Uh, it's almost summer. It's almost summer workouts. A lot to come at LettermanRoad.com. Come join us for $30 through September. We will talk to you soon, and we will see you next time on the next video presented by Buyer's Auto.